G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On SEN, The Picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Hello and welcome to the Picks. Uh, it's the B team in. The A team's just taking a little bit of time off and the B team's come in to lend a hand thanks to Bluebet. Round 15 footy preview with a twist. We'll preview all the games and have all the team news as it happens as we count down to Brisbane v Geelong on AFL Nation from 7 o'clock tonight. And Nick Dalsano and I will be with you from 7 o'clock tonight with the great Anthony Hudson. Great to have you, Dal. Welcome to the program. Very good uh, to see you, Dwayne. Now, am I mistaken, but I thought we'd finish the bye rounds. I thought everybody was back on deck. So I know I. that we've got nine games of football. Yep. We've finally got football yep. and a lot of football in Melbourne this weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. But you speak about the B team. The bye rounds are over. Those guys should be back on deck working tonight. I'm not happy. But no, then again, there's a bit of a reshuffle. I hear the breakfast crew are taking a couple of weeks off well, soon as well. Didn't know that was happening. They take a lot of holidays. Do they? Well, guys. they work hard and uh, who wants to get up at four? Um, <laughs> the People's Mouldy is back this week. You can text in now 0433981116 on the temper text machine. Uh, T-E-M-P-U-R mattresses and pillows like no other. So send through your texts. 0433981116. Your name, your local sporting club you're affiliated with, and the team you are backing at the Blue Bet line. And we will select one lucky texter to join us in the People's Multi for the weekend, and any winnings will go to your local club. I'll have a leg. Dal will have a leg. Duncan from Blue Bet will have a leg, and you'll have a leg as well. So uh, you can text it in right now if you want. Like to uh, 0433981116. Been a massive day in footy. Plenty to get to as well with you, Dal. We'll talk about one of your old teammates, Robert Harvey, mm. who's about to take the reins at Collingwood. Looking forward to having a chat to you about what Harves might bring to the table. We'll talk about David Teague on Zach Williams and a few other things that David Teague had to say as well. So uh, great to have you in the house to be able to talk all things footy. We'll also reward our best texter throughout the show with with a slab of one classic lager, a beer you can count on, available at Dan Murphy's and BWS. So a slab of one classic lager fantastic. to give away. Yeah, it is fantastic. Um, <laughs> news of the day. Where do you want to start? We'll start with your old teammate, Robert Harvey. Yes. Um, really looking forward to this. Now, he, we all know what he was like as a player. And I think in some ways, well, this is true. It's really hard to assess what people are like as senior coaches, let alone assistant coaches. Now, as a teammate, he was as reliable and as dependable as they came. And we learned so many lessons as younger players. And Harves was about 30, or maybe at least in his early 30s when I first got to the football club. And you, you know the stories about Harves, yeah. you know you know the myths and some of the legendary things that well, he's I done. Well, I, I saw Harves, you know, going in the games that I played in, at least in the yep. games that I didn't get a game in sometimes as well. While I was <laughs> at the Cats going head-to-head with guys like Buddha Hocking. Yep. I mean, Harves was in that elite class. I mean, we always hear about guys like, and I talked about it earlier today, but we hear about guys like Voss yep. and Buckley and some of those guys that were the best of the best. Well, Harms should be mentioned mm. in that equation as well. As an eight-time All-Australian, two-time Brownlow medalist, he was in that elite of the elite class yeah. as a player. So I can understand that everything he said, yeah. he would have hung on. Yeah, but more than that, it was his actions and the way that he trained. And I've used this example a few times Dwayne, and you think about when you're a youngster and if you've got young kids and what they learn from. So we learned from the leaders of the football club mm. when I first got there. I was 17. 
But unfortunately, there's a lot of things that Robert Harvey was doing physically that just wasn't possible for other people. <laughs> I'm talking about when he was given extra days off in the preseason. And the fitness staff ultimately took his additional day off because he was training harder away from the football club, yep. running on the roads, which was a big no-no and still is because of it being such a hard surface that people in the general public would be calling the club, mm. dobbing him in, saying, yep. I just saw Robert Harvey running down South Road. I just saw him running along Beach Road. Well, this was so in they the days took when, his day off him. These were in the days when Buddha Hocking was doing a garbage run yes. as his job every morning. Yes. So these guys were elite with their fitness, but they were elite with their fitness without having – to be called fully professional yeah. guys. Yeah, they, were, they were they were 80% professional, and yet in some ways they were putting in as much work, if not more, because it was crazy work, as you yeah. say with Haas, running on the roads. Yeah, and, and trying to you know, emulate him as a youngster and you know, you're hunched over and you're howling with pain and yeah. watching this man beside you. Make similar noises, but knowing that he can get up and go time and time again, so which leads us to the next nine weeks for Haas. Now, I think ultimately, and this is my take on it with no inside knowledge, I don't think he ultimately gets the job at Collingwood. I think he's auditioning for another opportunity at another football club. And the reason I say that is in its most simplistic form, Nathan Buckley left Collingwood because they needed change. Now, whether you agree with that or not, whether you know he lost the playing group, whether you didn't like yep. his game style, whatever your reasoning may be or whatever the Pies' reasoning may be, they needed a new voice. My take on it is Robert Harvey, Harvey is a similar voice to what they've had because he's been there for such a long period of time. It's really difficult for him to come in and be completely different. Because in a lot of ways, you're a product of your environment. You are as a player, but you are also as a coach. And maybe that's why we see, well, it is why we see a lot of Alistair Clarkson's... Um, disciples. Disciples. Um, Protégés. Yep. Go to other football clubs. You know, it's a winning culture and you learn a lot from the very best. Now, I, I see halves in a, in a similar mould to Bucks with what they would believe in and the way that they would coach. So I don't know if Bucks is necessarily... In the front, well, in regards to the betting lines, he's clearly not in the top couple, which is okay. I see this as an audition for him somewhere else. This is his opportunity for another football club, whether it be at the end of this year, in a couple of years' time, whenever it may be, to say, actually, remember at the end of 2021, that guy Robert Harvey finally got an opportunity to coach his own team for nine games. And whether they win, lose, draw, whatever it may be, I just think this is a great opportunity, as he has said today, to take the reins and, and to be in control of the whole thing. So how much control did a senior player like Robert Harvey have when you were at the club and there was coach change at St Kilda? Because mm. in my knowledge of the way that events went back way back when, um, the senior players almost had to take control of the group at that time and say, look, state of flux here at the club. We're not in control, but we are actually in control. We're the players. Yeah. They're changing coaches. But we're the ones that are actually in control of our own destiny. Well, you look at the, the period at St Kilda and probably just before I got there. So I got there at the end of 2001, started 2002, and Grant Thomas had just come on board. But they also had had Tim Watson. They'd mm. had Blighty. Mm. I think they had Stan Ells prior to that. So Rob Harvey was probably one of the, the one constants, along with Stuart Lowe and Nathan Burke, is one of the very few constants at that football mm. club. So I would only assume, and I don't know this to be factual, I've actually never asked halves about this, to be honest, even though we spent a lot of time together, about being that voice of reason, about being that one constant. And the coming and goings was the coaching staff and the admin, but not that core group of players. So I would only assume that they would be used as a resource about you know what's working, what's not working. And as you're a senior player, and you'd be well aware of this, Dwayne, you take more interest in your footy club. It's more personal. You're more invested. You understand the commercial aspect yeah. to it. You understand about the profit and loss and what that actually means for a football club. But you also learn about stability, about, you know, a CEO and a president and what we are seeing in a lot of football clubs and 
probably the best example is Richmond. You, know, yeah. you get to actually see what that continuity and that strong leadership is. So you've got a senior player, Robert Harvey, two-time Brownlow medalist, achieved everything, played 384 games, I think it is off the top of my head. He was the one constant and was at the top of his game for such a long period of time. It can only hold him in good stead. Nick Dowsado in the house. Great to have your company. Keep your texts coming through. But uh, he has spoken today. You don't often hear a lot from Robert Harvey. He had a, an extensive press conference today in the lead-up to his first game as an AFL coach at Collingwood. Here's what he had to say. My role is um, is trying to get the best out and, and get some momentum for these players. I think they're, they're a great group. Um, I, I haven't even, th- to be honest, I haven't thought too much about it. I, I just want to, um, I see it as a nine-week block to, to do my best um, to hopefully get some good footy played by our boys, um, that they enjoy it. Um, our fans like um, what they see. And, um, yeah, that's the way I see it. Um, the rest sort of in time um, looks after itself. I, I just don't um, I don't see it that way. I just see it as an opportunity for, for growth for me. Robert Harvey having yeah. a chat today. Love that. That's really well said by Banger. And I'm sure you've been speaking about this for a week, as the majority of people have about the balancing act for halves, and it is a great opportunity for him. But does he also have an obligation to the football club to play the younger players, to actually use this last nine games of the mm. year, which is significant for him, but let's take the individual out of it for a moment, to have a purpose, to move this group forward so Pi supporters, everybody watching their games at the end of this year can say, tough year, you know, they've lost a coach, a lot of change to their football club, they had a bad trade period, we understand all that, that's behind us. But what I did see in that last nine weeks, whether Harves takes it over or not, mm. is some growth. You know, and it's more than young players getting an opportunity. It's actually they move the ball a different way. Were, were they better with their skills? Were they more competitive? Were they involved in, you know, stayed in games longer? I, I'd love to, and we'll be able to do it in hindsight, to work out the balancing act for Harves, to put his best foot forward, but also get some sort of growth out of this group, which may not always be in his best interest. Bit of a balancing act mm. going on at Carlton at the moment as well. David Teague. Interesting the way that some coaches have reacted in the last few weeks to criticism of some of their players. We know how the Saints reacted fairly strongly, ringing the media outlets that were involved in some of the critiquing. Um, We know that Chris Scott Scott came out strongly with the critiquing of Joel Selwood. Well, David Teague, he knew that Zach Williams had been critiqued by a few people, including Jonathan Brown. Here's what David Teague had to say about Zach Williams today. Uh, look, we took him out of the midfield for a little bit of the uh, ability to run, but also understanding he, we put him back to a position. He was probably low on confidence. And we put him back to a position where he's played some really good football in the past. So, um, look, the game is a, it's a tough game and it requires a lot of you, and he's had quite a few little niggles and, and an interrupted season. So we think that there's, uh, there's still a lot of upside there. We think uh, he can get fitter and, and uh, he'll become a good player for this football club in the long term. And right now he's in an adjustment period to, to the way we train to the way we play, and uh, I feel he'll come out of it a, a very good player for us. As it stands right now, though, you're not getting what you want out of him? Oh, we, we, we drafted or we traded for him as to be a midfielder, and um, at the moment uh, we're playing him at half-back because uh, he's been up to uh, add more value to the team there, so we'll assess that going forward. Ideally, he, he gets a really good pre-season and uh, moves back into the midfield going forward, but he may not. He may stay at half-back. Can get fitter. Not the strongest defensive no, player. Well. And, I, and I, it is difficult for David Teague. They're, they're, people are coming from everywhere, and, and rightly so, that they're getting held to a higher account for one of the very, very few times in the last, you know, it feels like 10 to 15 years. They're, they're getting assessed like we would the best teams in the competition. We don't do, this, do that for all teams because of the expectation or the talent on that list. It's an intriguing one. 
exact situation about getting coming to a football club for a purpose, but then changing. So you look at the easiest positions on the ground, and you think if you are lacking confidence, so there's a lot of admissions in that, that he's lacking confidence, that he's not in the best shape. And the best shape is a completely different conversation. How a professional footballer cannot be in shape when you're paid, particularly over the summer, you're paid to get fit. You know? mm. <laughs> that, that's the easiest way to think about it. You're paid good money. Not everybody's on the same, but you're paid to get fit. That is your whole purpose in life is to go and get fit so you can sustain 26 weeks of football. So that's another conversation. That's done. It's it's parked. But, you know, admitting that, hey, he'll need to have a better preseason next year. But the two easiest positions on the ground for mine at the moment is in a, is in a midfielder because of the lack of one-on-ones that you can, you know, roam between um, the lines, the defense, the midfield, yep. and the forward. And you can sort of in some ways pick your mark. The other one's the halfback flanker. Now, he's not a lockdown halfback flanker. So once again, he gets to pick and choose when he wants to come forward to support, when he wants to run off. But ultimately, he's there as a defender and you need to defend first. And there's a lot of guys at that football club are forgetting that first part, that they're not defending first. I, I do agree. Like We've jumped on Zach Williams very quickly and almost making his whole career of what we've seen in the last 12 weeks of his time at the Blues. He's a good player. We, we've seen well, him play some... His top 50 in the AFL champion data's AFL ratings. At the moment. I'd say that's generous. Yeah. <laughs> so let's take that for what it's worth. On the worth. AFL website. Let's take that for what it's worth. But I do agree with David T. I think he will be a good player. And they'll look back and say, this was a, a good trade. But what we've seen right now clearly doesn't fit that. Dow, which team can you count on this week? Uh, thanks to one classic lager, a beer you can count on. Um, there's a few options. And I'm not going to go with the easy one being tomorrow night's Tigers versus the Saints. I'm yep. going to go with a team that I can trust on is the GWS Giants. They sit in ninth position. They're only a couple of points outside the eight and a little bit of a percentage. They're taking on the Hawks. So I can trust and almost lock them in 100% guaranteed. Wow. Nothing's for sure, but almost guarantee. I've got the Giants over the Hawks. One classic lager, one standard drink. In that look on your face didn't make me feel very good, by the way. can <laughs> available at Dan Murphy's and BWS. Well, you've given me a nice one outside off stumps. I can just take Richmond now. Yeah. Well, okay. I knew you were going to take the layup, yep. so I've gone from the half quarter. Go Tigers. <laughs> exactly. Um, Geelong, Brisbane tonight, third v. Yeah. fourth on the 40 Winks. Stock take sale for up to 50% off store-wide ladder ends Sunday, by the way. The line is currently five and a half points to Brisbane. At Bluebet, final teams are due in around 20 minutes, and you'll hear that with Dell, myself, and Anthony Hudson on AFL Nation a little bit later on. Brisbane have Zorko in, Matheson out, and uh, Geelong have Henderson in and Duncan and Narkel mm. out. Well, I sat here a couple of weeks ago, and I had the almost the exact same situation where statistically, and take that for what it's worth, Duane, but I do look at it weekly and try and get a feel of the key stats and who is really prominent in those particular ones. And the Cats statistically match up very, very well against the, well, the majority of teams. They're playing brilliant football. They've won eight of the last nine, but as have the Brisbane Lions, both teams have only lost to the Ds in the last nine weeks. So the Cats says, it says to me that the Cats should get this done on, on the evidence of what we've seen in recent weeks, not necessarily going back that nine, um, the nine week period. But I said this a couple of weeks ago and I was wrong in regards to Port versus Geelong. I'm going with the Lions tonight. It's at home. And I feel like they've still got a bit of, well, a lot of improvement, particularly off the back of their performance last week in Tasmania. So I'm going with the Lions. It's a five and a half point uh, line. So they have to get it get it done by goal. Yep, I'm comfortable with that. Uh, nice work. Uh, Slam Duncan McRae from Bluebet. has been good enough to join us. Bet same game multis with Bluebet. Download apps today. Gamble responsibly. Of course, welcome to you, Slam. Oh, good evening, Dwayne. Nick, how are, we? how are you, everyone? Yeah, we're good. 
Any movement for tonight's game? It's going to be an interesting one. Oh, what a great game. Well, the Lions went up favourites and they remain favourites with Bluebeck, guys. A dollar seven into a dollar sixty-seven, two twenty the Cats, five and a half start for Geelong. All the money's been for the Lions after their great form lately. And your leg for your people's mouldy if you can, because uh, we take your advice um, as uh, being pretty wise in comparison to ours. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm going the Magpies at the minus. That the minus five and a half boys, I think, after their uh, big win, sending Bucks off on a winner, I think they can uh, keep that roll going. So I'm tipping the Magpies at the minus five and a half. And anything crazy betting-wise happened with the other games on the weekend? No, just a pretty good money for Hawthorne boys against GWS. That's the only mover I can see at the moment. 240 into 225 for the Hawks. So uh, people think they can uh, turn it around and get hold of GWS this week. Great stuff. We'll have a chat to you again next week. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks, Nick. Slam Duncan McRae from Bluebet. Bet same game multis with Bluebet. Download the app today. Bark Gamble responsibly. Keep your text coming as well on 0433 98 11 16 to be involved in the People's Multi. More with Nick Dalsetto after the break. On SEN, The Picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Oh, the great David King and Sam Evans. Just having a little bit of a break at the moment. Uh, the C team's in. It's, uh, it's me and Nick down. C? We started off in P. Oh, we had a bad start, yeah, have we? Terrible first segment. Wow. Counting down to Brisbane v Geelong live on AFL Nation, 7pm tonight. But the A team's in for that. Anthony Hudson calling that one with a couple of other blokes. Richmond and <laughs> Sid, uh, St Kilda, uh, a big game. Line is 26 and a half to Richmond. So mm. that's the line at Bluebet. In for the Tigers or Presti is in. Samson Ryan, big 206 centimetre. Big Samson. Ruckman and uh, he's a... Not he's many a, Samsons getting around, is there? Not a lot of Samsons, but he looks like he's going to. He's got a great athletic rig. Well, I haven't seen it. Does he look so like a lots, Samson? He's a lot thinner than Callum Coleman-Jones. Okay. Does, so he, he, does he look like a Samson? He does. He's got the hair. Oh, he has. So okay. Does Samson cut his hair? Is oh, that the way I no. Um, so he's got the hair. I'll have to get a visual. And uh, he's a first year. So he's only drafted last year. Picked yep. 40 last year. But he is 20 years of age. So um, he's an ex-Lions Academy yep. player. So they've essentially stolen him from up north. And, nice. Um, yeah, I hope he goes well. Good. So I think the Saints get Rowan Marshall back in from they all do. reports so during Marshall, the week. Ross Membry. Yep. In and McKenzie and out Clark, Bytel, Loney and Coffield. Loney and Coffield omitted. Yes. And Hunter um, Clark, obviously, yep. jaw related. Yep. Okay. And they've come off the bye as well. So, um, I mean, the odds are clearly are in favour of the Tigers. It's yep. an interesting one for the Saints. because Presti is also in for the Tigers. So, oh, Presti, all... Samson, Ryan in and Rioli, Ralph Smith and Caddy all out. Okay. Well, first of all, Presti, he needs a good yep. run at it. So, all the, all the best for him and, you know, building up to the back end of the year, which you expect the Tigers to be heavily involved in. Um, it's an interesting one for the Saints, as I was going to say, Duano, because it's been a huge couple of weeks in regards to media attention, speculation, a lot of talk about what should and shouldn't happen at that football club individually, but also as a collective. But they're coming up against the Tigers. They sh- they're not expected to win this one. You know, it would be a different conversation if it was a team that they were probably level with or you would have some sort of expectation that they could beat, but this isn't the game. So I think the Tigers get this done comfortably. Um, from a Saints perspective, yep. I guess, and this is speaking to a lot of Saints supporters, we use the term effort, you know, and clubs use the term effort, but what does that look like? So we can identify that at times. There was that game on a Friday night, I believe it was, where they played the Cats and kicked really poorly, but their effort was exceptional or was up to standard, actually not exceptional, mm. was up to AFL standard. I think that's what you can expect or what you'd love to see from the Saints, but I can't see them getting within a four-goal margin. 
North Melbourne Gold Coast. Line is five and a half points to North Melbourne at Bluebet. Oh, I like in this one. Phillips out Scott. Yep. Uh, Powell's also out managed. So a little bit of a change there. And uh, for the Gold Coast in Ainsworth, Sharp and Corbett out Fiorini Burgess. Uh, Swallows out with concussion yes. and Weller out with a hamstring. So yep. a couple of big losses there for the Suns. That's significant. Those last two names in Swallow and Weller, they are two significant outs. Um, and over the last five years, the uh, Kangas have gone down to Tassie and played there 12 times. They're actually seven and five. So right. it's been a tough, clearly a tough five or so years for the Kangas, win-loss ratio. But when they play down there at Blundstone Arena, they are better. Better than the opposition more times than not. So... I like the Kangas down there, and clearly it's not easy going for them. They've only won the one game this year. The Suns have won four. Uh, sorry, two games, but uh, no, one and a half. Apologies, mm. one and a half games. But I like what they do, particularly down there. So I think that the Kangas get this done, and comfortably. Yeah, so the Kangas lost down there earlier this year, but against Melbourne. Yes. So that's a pretty difficult team to beat, the way they're that's playing right. this year. Had the draw. Had as I said, draw. apologies. Yeah. Had a draw. Yeah, a draw against the Giants. So it's pretty good form. Yeah. When you draw that line through the yeah. Giants. Some... Cunnington back playing good football. Robbie Tarrant, I think, is still one of the most underrated yeah. defenders in the competition. They're pretty solid there. Yeah, I think I'm with you with North. Collingwood Frio. Nat Fife, he is back. So right. in Logue, Tabiner, Fife. Wilson and Swikowski. So some pretty good ins out. Bewley, Blakely, Weston, Croden, uh, Conker and Dooman. They're all omitted. So it's a pretty strong. Yeah. And they've come off a, a couple of days where they've just announced that Darcy's going to stay for Fremantle. So that's got to um, be a big addition to their confidence level. The yes. fact that he's committed to them. Collingwood have a couple of good ins as well. though. Grundy and Cox out more. Rantel. Mm. Goey's out suspended, uh, which I forgot about, yeah, and forgot Lynch about as well. So, uh, yeah. When I was reading through this today, I'd actually forgotten about the Degoe, yeah. um suspension. I was thinking, oh, the matchup's going to be difficult. Yeah. Who's going to have to sacrifice something to minimise his influence on the game and what he's done in the last few weeks? But uh, what was the line? Did you give us a line on that? The line, line? is five and a half points to Collingwood. Oh, well, I'm going with the Dockers. I think significant ins. They've only won one game of their seven away from home this year, and there was mm. against the Crows where they won by 12 points, a huge last quarter from Fife and Monday, got the job done on that particular day, which was a long time ago. But I like Frio at the MCG. I don't want to take anything away from Rob Harvey. I want him to have a fantastic run at it. But I just think Frio, come over here and get that done. Yeah, it's... Um, do you disagree? Well, yeah, because it's a marvel, isn't it? Oh, sorry, did I say yep, MCG? Yeah, sorry, right. but, but apart from that... Sorry, um, Melbourne. Yeah, I'm, apart Apologies, from that, I'm with Melbourne. You. Yeah, I like it. I'm with you. Port Adelaide, Sydney, lines 20 and a half points to Port Adelaide at Bluebet. So... They're giving the Swans a bit of a start at the Adelaide Oval. In Dylan Williams makes his debut, mm. and he's been knocking on the door for a while, I'm told. Marshall is out. Jones injured, and Laddams and Gray are both out. So Sydney have Gordon back, so the young guns back. Brand is also back. Out Lewis Taylor, and Logan McDonald's uh, been omitted, and Wicks is out suspended. So uh, a, a handy... Little start for the Swans, but mm. I'm thinking Port get it done anyway. Yeah, I am. I am. Fifth versus sixth. This is significant because the Sydney Swans look like they are the only team that is a possibility of probably dropping outside the top eight. And let me just read this out quickly. So after this weekend, the Swans take on the Eagles, the Dogs, the Giants, Frio, uh, Essendon, St Kilda, Kangas and the Suns. So to start the next month, of, if, as you look at that as a, a nine-week block, they've got some uh, a tough month coming up. So if they could sneak one of them, and if they could sneak this week, I can't see it happening. Mm. It would go a long way for trying to you know, really lock in a top eight position, but I can't see them getting it done against Port Adelaide. We'll talk to Nick D'Arsano after a little break for news uh, about whether he thinks the eight 
is locked up, whether it's done and dusted or whether there could be someone to sneeze. You, you've looked like you're ready to go now. No, no, I want to ask you. Something's just popped up on the text machine that I want to ask you about, it, whether you have any theories about tipping your team off the back of previous form because a message has come through and I think it's worth discussing. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll discuss that. And if you'd like to join the conversation, then jump on the line and give us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the open line number. And keep your text coming through as well. 0433981116 on the temper text machine. Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R, mattresses and pillows like no other bedding products. You can check them all out online. We're counting down to Brisbane v Geelong live on AFL Nation tonight. That's at 7pm. And we're thanks to Bluebet, but gamble responsibly. On SEN, The Picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Great to have you, Cappity. Big night tonight coming up. Brisbane and Geelong live on AFL Nation from 7 o'clock. Thanks to Bluebet, but gamble responsibly. Uh, Dow, I've been talking a bit about Essendon and Melbourne this week. Yes. I think if there's one game that could flip the season on its head with the result, it is this game. Because I, don't, I think that regardless of what happens tonight with Brisbane and Geelong, we know that they're both going to be contenders at yep. the end of the year anyway. So I don't think that necessarily changes our thinking that much. I don't think that, I think the same with the other big game, really, in terms of the two top-of-the-ladder contenders like the Eagles and the Dogs going head-to-head. But yes. if, if Essendon was able to beat Melbourne, if Essendon was able to keep its form going yep. and knock Melbourne off, then all of a sudden Melbourne's hold on a top-two spot becomes a little shaky. Would it change your opinion? Okay, so clearly it might change the top four. Would it change your opinion if the Ds just had a... a you I'm know not, not a stinker, but just had a bad game and they get rolled by a team they shouldn't get rolled by. What would you make well, of them? Well, it would them? be two bad games in a row because they're coming off the Collingwood loss as well. Mm. And the way that Geelong's playing and a couple of the other teams are playing, it might actually have me thinking, well, Melbourne wouldn't be my favourite for the flag if they got rolled by Essendon. Are they your favourite right now? No, okay. no, they're not. The Cats are. But at the yep. same time as saying that, um, I, I still think, and you know, Melbourne fans might be happy to hear this, but I, I still think if it came to the crunch, um, I'd still take a full-strength Richmond at the MCG in a final against a full-strength Melbourne yeah. at the MCG in a I final. Like that so until the Tigers are... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> until until someone kicks out. the Tigers yeah, out. Yeah. Until still, they're knocked out yeah. and it's trade period, but, we've got yeah. the Tigers. <laughs> but Melbourne should win this game. I and mean, the yes. line's 23.5 points to Melbourne. So at Blue Bet, that's how it stands. In Waterman and out Carl and Cutler for Essendon. And for Melbourne, in Viney, which is a big in, yes. out Chandler. And Wiedemann's been omitted... As well, he hasn't quite been able to have the impact. No Brown coming back to replace him. So they've got Wiedemann out. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we expect Melbourne to win. But if there is one result that could be – because it could actually give us a bit of a alternative arrangement to mm. the eight. If Essendon start to knock the door to the eight down a little. Before I give a tip, can I ask you a question which yep. will give me some clarity? Which Jate Stringer are we getting first of all? Yeah. Do, think, we, do we get the one on the weekend where he was yeah. top-notch, top-shelf sort of behaviour? Or do we get the Jake Stringer where we're not quite sure? i got a sneaky suspicion he might hold some form for yeah. a little while. Well, you know what I saw on the week? And I, I, um, we covered that game. I mean, he was sensational. Mm. And he's received all the accolades that he deserves you know, this week by his performance. He had a contract and everything that comes with yeah. it. But it was the execution of that role. So we identify that role as mm. Dusty, Christian Petrarca, you know, Nat Fife at times, the Bonton Pally at times. It's that bull in the middle that just roams forward. And as an opposition midfielder, you'd love to think that the D's are doing their homework right now by saying, we know which way he's going to run out of every centre square bounce. He's only in there for one purpose. Like Dugowie, like Dusty, they only go there to, as a starting point, try and impact. And if they don't, or if they do, they're only rolling forward anyway. 
I felt last week that he was out the front of the stoppage far too often. There was yeah. really poor structure around it. But if he can play that role, and the beauty about Dusty, and we're still in a lot of ways still trying to dissect how he does it, he plays in between lines. He finds mismatches. He you know he drifts out at times that other people wouldn't, all of that. But what I loved about Jake's game was he identified all of those moments. And like all those other great players that we've spoken about, and please don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Jake Stringer is all of those people, but he is for Essendon. He is that role for Essendon. He got the, he executed. He he identified moments where he had to take it upon himself, where he could have given a handball, but he snaps it over his shoulder. And it's just a brilliant goal. Yeah. The other one out of this game is Wiedemann out. He's played five games this year. He's averaging eight disposals. He's kicked three goals for. Ben Brown not back into the team. He's from his three games. He's averaged eight disposals as well. And he's kicked five goals too. Mm. So I feel like they're still trying to, well, they clearly are still trying to find that third piece. Yeah. And you put, I put Fritch in there as part of that um, negotiation about how they make it all work. Clearly they're happy, happy with Tom McDonald. Luke Jackson plays that role. I, I still think, and I've said this a month or two ago, I think the D's have still plenty of time in regards to when they really need to hit this mark and know what it looks like and have some continuity, particularly for the midfielders. When you look up, particularly under pressure, you know where that player is. You know what, you know, if you're under pressure, where the bailout is, you know where the lead up is from Fritch. But they, they, they're definitely not set on this just yet. So who's your tip at the line? What was the line again? Uh, 24, I think it was. 23, oh, 23 and a half. I like the line. That's a good number because I like the way the Dons are playing. Um, no, I'm still going to go with the Ds. Just, go, just over. I'll go with the Dons. And it, it, in some respects, what I'm saying is completely crazy because, let's face it, yep. Essendon only beat Hawthorne last week and they did it off the back of the one Hawks of the great... The Hawks are okay. Yeah, the Hawks, the Hawks are going okay. Yeah, no, the Hawks okay. are going okay. Yeah. And did it off the back of uh, Stringer, you know, exploding. So yeah. we'll see whether... It was a 13-point margin. It's not like they blew them out of the water. That's true. Um, Giants and Hawthorne, line six and a half points to the Giants at Bluebet. And uh, obviously this is a little bit of a change-up game in uh, many respects, given that the Giants have had to do a bit of travelling and coming to the MCG to play Hawthorne now in their home game. So Daniels, Mumford and Bruin in. No outs just yet. Hawthorne um, grieves Denver Granger Barras to debut, which is huge. Warple and uh, Hardigan are all in for the Hawks. Out Impey, uh, injured and being sent for scans on his ankle. So uh, who do you like here? Uh, well, I don't like the out of Impey because I like what he did last week yep. and what he does for them, particularly off the half-back line. Warple is a good inclusion after having a week off. Um, oh, I'm on the Giants. I like, and we were all off the Giants, you know, after about a month of football. Yeah, and half time against North Melbourne in Hobart, yep. we we're all off the yeah, Giants. Yeah, we we're all off the Giants. It's funny how we quickly yeah. turn. Something we will bring up later, and I'll ask you this, but a text has come through. Never tip a team that has just played Carlton. Right, okay. <laughs> and I'm just thinking whether, thought. you know, you get a uh, false economy about how a team is or isn't going. Um, but I've got the Giants here. Uh, line six and a half points. West Coast and the Dogs, line two and a half points, two West Coast at Bluebet. So it surprises me mm. um, uh, a little, uh, but it's virtually toss of the coin. So yep. West Coast in Shepherd, Petricelli, McGovern, Chewy, Vardy, um, and Kelly. Well, there oh, you go. Wow. Yeah, that's, and the that's lines too. Yeah. Oh. Edwards, Foley, and O'Neill all omitted. Bulldogs, Richard, uh, Shackey, and uh, Garcia. So no outs as yet. I'm, I'm, not, I'm a little surprised that uh, the Eagles aren't uh, a bit more. Um, favoured well, by the points. I'm taking the Eagles before we even dissect yeah. in all of those inclusions, those guys that are coming back, particularly Shuey. Please get a good run at it. We want to see what the Eagles can do with their best team this year. They're building nicely. The Dogs have had a week in quarantine. They've had all their plans 
and everything that they had organised previously. They had in, their hearts ripped out last week yep, in their game against Geelong. Put that all together. And sport, football is a funny thing, Dwayne. Where if they do win, we go, well, they've unified. They've come together against all odds and they've got the job done. I don't see that happening just yet. Carlton Adelaide, line 12.5 points to Carlton at Bluebet as it stands uh, in for Carlton. So Honey gets a game again. Honey. Uh, Plowman, O'Brien, Murphy, Cottrell, Petrovsky, Seaton all in. Out, Parks. Uh, so he's been omitted. Pitonet uh, and Fisher is out. Adelaide have Himmelberg, Jackson, Haitley. Uh, Luke Brown's back. And Nick Murray's also in. Out is uh, Worrell. So um, the Adelaide Crows, Carlton, oh. Marvel Stadium, the final game of the round. Flip of the coin. Flip of the coin and, and take the, the line out of it. This is, it's, it's hard to tip. I've tipped the Blues in regards to when I've been asked to give a particular winner with no confidence. With no confidence. Adelaide's been performing quite well they for have. a team that we have known are not going to make the eight. Yep. So we've known that all season, won the wooden spoon last year. But in terms of new coaches getting a continued momentum yep. rise, yep. Matthew Nix has been able to do that, which has been nice to see for Adelaide. I, yep. I mean, their list is such that, you know, ha, what's their long term future if they don't, you know, can they replace Tex or that kind of stuff? Because Tex is old and they're yep. relying on him quite a bit. Um, but I think they're getting a lot out of this list at the moment. Yeah, I think if you look about coaches and trying to assess them with what the talent and the position that they've come from, and every time you speak to an Adelaide player, even behind closed doors, and you just get a feel, how's everything? They love the coach. Mm. They love how personal he is. They love the relationship they've got. They love the style of football that they're playing. They've surprised a lot of people, I think, this year. And no, they haven't. I don't see them playing finals, clearly. Um, but the growth that they've had within groups. But the thing that you love about them, and in the old terms, Duano, they have a crack. They do. They rock up and they have a crack. And they'll make a million mistakes, but they'll try and do everything to correct it. Which is where Carlton could score big on them. If they yep. do, do bot off those inside kicks, which Adelaide like to do, play on quick, take it on, um, then it could un, uh, unravel for them if Carlton all of a sudden play with yes. the intensity up. But now it's going to be a good one. Last game of the round line, 12 and a half points to Carlton, a blue bit as it stands. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your calls, jump on the line, have a chat to Nick Dowsado and I. I've got a slab of one classic lager to give away to our best caller. And after the break, we'll also announce the People's Mouldy. So stick around. It's the picks on SEN. The picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Been a bit of fun to do the tips, the picks with uh, Nick Dowsado tonight. In the absence of the two. Gurus, hope you haven't minded. We're about to go and call a game of footy as well for AFL Nation with Anthony Hudson. Brisbane, Geelong tonight on AFL Nation from 7pm. Thanks to Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Okay, the people's multi for this week. Slam dunk from Bluebet mm-hmm. is taking the pies at the line. So five and a half points. Adrian from the Wembley Downs Soccer Club uh, gets the multi for his club. If it ends up getting up, he's taking Richmond. At the line, 26 and a half points, and nice. uh, it's a nice one. You, Nick Dalsetto, taking North Melbourne at the line, yes. five and a half points. That's solid. And I'm taking Essendon at the line to either win or lose by less than 23 and a half points. So uh, it's going to be an interesting little multi. And we'll tweet out the details if that gets up. Proceeds of our $100 bet will go to Adrian's Wembley Downs Soccer Club. Uh, so I'm uh, looking forward to hopefully. Um, helping them out. Now, a bit of a late change in the game tonight. Grant Birchall's out, replaced by Jack Payne. So the subs are in. 
And Reese Matheson, don't you love Reese Matheson? <laughs> He'll be chomping, poor thing's yeah. chomping on now, the bit. We're not hoping for an injury at all, but it would be nice if Reese gets to uh, scatter the pigeons about uh, five minutes into the last quarter somehow, right. wouldn't it? Let's see how that plays out. Yep. Do you like you? Because he's from the Cattery. Yes. He's an ex Geelong Falcon. I think is he's that right? Bell Park or Bell Post yep. Hillway. Everyone's from down that way, yeah. aren't they? That's yeah. a decent <laughs> That's a good football, point. isn't it? Everyone's out of the factory. And Quentin Narkel has been named as the sub. Are you surprised that he can't get a game at the uh, moment? Well, it's a sign of how strong yeah. the coaching staff believe that team is. But yes, if it was nearly any other club, you'd think that Narkel is probably playing in their best, well, 18, let alone 23 or yeah. 22. A couple of good players that can't get a game for the Cats at the moment when you look at it. Uh, Reece Stanley can't yeah. get a game. Clark yeah. can't uh, they, get a they, game. They can't work out that ruck situation. But I think what they're settling now with, with the Radicalia Blixav's support role, I feel is as confident as Chris Scott and the coaching staff have been with a structure for a long time. So do you think that there will be some uh, major changes to the way we're looking at the teams? Because the way yeah. it's set right now, we kind of know with a lot of the teams in the competition – They've kind of they've established themselves as teams in the top eight, and it's hard to. If I had to say to you who would go in, yep. if you had to choose one, well, it's a fairly easy choice, I suppose. You'd say either the Giants or Essendon, even though Fremantle can keep their hopes alive with a win on the weekend. But if I asked you who's going to drop out, that's the harder question. It's hard to hard to be able to pick a team that could drop out. Well, the, when the West Coast Eagles are sitting in seventh, the Tigers are in eighth, and you think, well, can I take one of their spots? Mm. I don't really see that happening, so I move up to sixth position, which is the Sydney Swans. They play Port, then they've got the Eagles, the Dogs, the Giants in their next month, and then they've got a couple of easier ones with no guarantees off the back end of that. But if they can't get through this next month with one or two, then their season might uh, might move to the bottom eight. Which is part of the reason why I asked you the question, because we are going to see, and we're seeing it this weekend already, but we are going to see teams in the eight playing teams in the eight. Yes. So, I mean, if you sort of go 50-50 against teams that are around you in the eight, then you're going to be okay. But if you happen to lose a couple in a row, then yep. it changes everything. Absolutely. It, it does. And it, uh, here's one for you off, uh, as we get ready for tonight's football. We saw this last week with the Cats and the Dogs, and clearly a kick after the siren was mm. the deciding moment. But we didn't learn a lot out of it. We knew both teams were good. What would change your mind on either the Lions or the Cats tonight to say, oh, I didn't know that about them? Um, or on the flip side, that was a lot better than what I thought. Or is this just another game where you go, these are two really good teams that we'll see later this year? No, I think it, what you've had to say is, is a valid point. I, I think the thing I'm looking for is the forward line out of the Lions. Can they kick? Can they get that chemistry mm. to the point that we're starting to call them scary? I'm yeah. still a little concerned about... I mean, I don't think Eric Hipwood's in the Jack Rewalt class. I don't think he's in the Tom Hawkins class, Eric Hipwood. So he's not... But if he could start to rise to that class in the next few weeks, I think that changes my perception of them a bit, and if you all of a sudden get uh, you know Joe Danaher yep. playing some you know big moments, big games, then all of a sudden it changes our perception of them as well. I mean Joe, Joe's the kind of guy that you still even if he kicked, they kicked ten goals one tonight, but first final you'd still worry about him kicking four goals yeah, six. That's a very good point. So really good it's point. hard. I'm not sure Joe can change my confidence level in him. Yep, but I think Eric Hipwood could. Yeah, yeah, he could. He could still be the next big thing. Eric Hipwood. How long are you going to give him? Well, I'll give him as long as... We always give taller guys a little bit longer, I'll give him as long as Clarko's given O'Brien. 
Jeez, that's nearly retirement age. No. He's, he's given him a long time. He's given him a long time. Oh, I mean, we were, we, you what? saw my face yeah. then and you froze well, as we well. Have. It's eight years. <laughs> but he still gets his hands to balls and I still keep thinking he could be the but answer. But in Clarko's defence, does yeah. he have oh, any other goodness. options? <laughs> does he have any options? I feel like no, when true. you've got guys that are that big and so – they're yeah. just a tease. Yeah. But oh, I, no. I like. I, more I'm options a, I'm a fan of Hibwood. Actually, I'm a big fan of Hibwood. Yeah. I don't mean to. So, take okay. so can he be the next? Can he rise to the Jack Rewalt? Can he rise to all Australian level? Jack Rewalt, Tom Hawkins. I mean, we're talking about two icons of the game. So yes. let's maybe not go too crazy. Hibwood is capable. Yeah. But the question mark is the consistency. Those other two guys have become as reliable and consistent as yeah. anybody that plays that role over a period of time. But I think in comparing those two, Hibwood's a bit more of a roaming sort of. Mm. Style like Hawkins is he's the bear yeah, in the square, you know, where he is 95% of the had, game. He has played roles during the course of the last seven or eight years where we've said get back toward goal. I think he you, got lost you're too far up to the I wind. I think he got lost. <laughs> he must have got a, a second wind and thought, hey, I'm going to be a bit of a roaming yeah. 40. Get back to where you do your best work. Yeah, oh. that's true. Um, and the other thing about the um lines is have they got the depth if they lose a key player? Mm. You know, you look, we talk about Geelong, um. Their emergency has got a pretty good emergency list. Whereas the Brisbane Lions, I don't want to see them if they lose a key player, if they lose a McCluggage, um, then all of a sudden it changes them. If they lose a Lockie Neal, I know he hasn't had quite the year this year, but yeah, so there's a few question marks there. Well, Nigel just texts through, and this is a good point, but he goes, geez, you guys are tough. Hipwood has been damn good this year, yeah. his best year yet. Yeah, no, so I, far. I agree. It's, it's great. Mm. But can he rise to Jack Rewalt level? Yeah. Can he rise the to reason Tom you, Well, the reason you say that is if you want to win a flag, you've probably got to have your key forwards at that level. Yeah. Come grand final day, come prelim weekend, you've probably got to be somewhere around that mark as a collective, but individually, Hipwood, for example, to be able to deliver that on the big stage. And if Joe Danaher does it, then Eric Hipwood probably doesn't have to do it. Mm. So that's the other issue. I mean, if Joe can all of a sudden... Because Joe is the kind of guy who could rip the game from somebody in a final, couldn't yeah. he? Single-handedly. Well, if Joe destroys it, then Hitwood can have a day off, really. <laughs> he can just ride shotgun. Yep. So who is your premiership favourite then at the moment? Uh, yeah, mine's changed as well. Um, Geelong are playing incredible football, so it's hard to go past them. I've still got them in the Ds as the best teams right mm. now. Well, um, the Ds forward line's still in a state of flux as well. Yeah. But, but what you said before about the Tigers, and this is sitting on every fence in Melbourne... I'm still on the Tigers until they fail. And I don't know whether, well, I think they do deserve that. I was going to say, I'm not sure if they deserve it, but they have earned that right to say, hey, it's just like the Chicago Bulls. And, and I've rewatched the last dance a couple <laughs> yeah, of nice times. Work. I just keep going. But sure. it was keep giving them the chance until yep. they fail. You know, Michael Jordan, even when they pulled the team apart after yep. that sixth championship, he felt like he deserved the right to go one more time until they couldn't do it. And they were proven not to be able to do it anymore. There'd be nothing better on TV but for you to watch the last dance well, again, is there? I'm a basketball fan. Yeah, okay. and in between the NBA playoffs every now and then, I just That's drop true. in an episode. Yeah, might as well throw in a tip. But who you got in the NBA playoffs now that Milwaukee's lost well, today? What a loss that was to Atlanta. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, so the Nets are incredible. out. Lakers are out. I think I'm going for Phoenix. Okay. I yeah. think I'm going for Phoenix. Now it's just work your way down the order about who you like, the next <laughs> team you like. I think I'd go for Phoenix. Uh, it been great to have your company tonight, Dale. Great Looking to forward to tonight. Who's your tip for tonight before I let you go? After all of this, I've got yep. the Lions. Okay. I've got the Lions tonight. Lions should be a ripper and a uh, big... Game. Crowd's going to be there, and we're looking forward to bringing it to you as well on AFL Nation. So stick around. That's coming your way after the break. We're going to bring it to you thanks to Bluebet, Bart Gamble responsibly, and Tim on the text who texted in about David Teague and Zach Williams earlier. You've picked up the slab of one classic lager, so uh, we'll be in touch with you and let you know how we can get it to you. But uh, thanks for your company tonight. The good news... 
after what you've heard tonight is that the A-team will be back next week. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's back next week as well. The picks and uh, David King and Sammy Edmund are going to be with you next week. We'll stick around. Anthony Hudson about to lead the AFL call team on AFL Nation. Stick around. Brisbane and Geelong from the Gabba coming up next. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.